Welcome to Explore the Space. We're digging into healthcare issues that matter most. Our guests and conversations mine these issues for perspective and answers. There is a gulf between healthcare and our communities. This is the place to talk about it. Now here's your host, Dr. Mark Shapiro. Welcome back to Explore the Space and welcome to episode 157. I am your host, Mark Shapiro, and my guest in this episode is Vicki White. Vicki is the Chief Nursing Officer at Santa Rosa Memorial Hospital, which is the hospital that I work at as a hospitalist. And she comes on the show today to discuss the Kincaid wildfire and the shared experience that we had at Santa Rosa Memorial and our entire region had and Sonoma County had going through another massive and disastrous wildfire in the span of three years. We had the Tubbs fire in October of 2017, and now we had the Kincaid fire. It's been a very strange two weeks. And one of the things while we're all processing the experience individually, that I think a lot of us that are working at Santa Rosa Memorial and have been working there are realizing is that the tempo never really changed all that much. And the reason that I say that is Santa Rosa Memorial never closed. It never evacuated. That's the same experience that we had in October of 2017 during the Tubbs fire. Santa Rosa Memorial Hospital is a regional referral center. We are responsible for the upper third of the state of California, basically from the southern border of Oregon down to below Sonoma County. All of those patients come to Santa Rosa Memorial when there's a problem that requires advanced health care. And that continued at the height of the fire, during the worst of the wind, at the peak of the evacuation orders that were moving over 200,000 people out of Sonoma County, Santa Rosa Memorial held the line. And the team that worked there dug in and held the line throughout that whole experience. And part of that, while it feels incredible, it's also made the, the decompression sort of strange because there was never that on-off. It was just on and then more on, and now kind of shifting back down to being on. Vicki is a superb leader. She is smart. She is tenacious. She is committed. And she is a really great guide to move through this second disaster experience that we all had and that the world watched. She gives us that strategic view what is it like in incident command? What is it like rounding in the middle of the night? What is it like evacuating and coming back to work? But she also gives us that view of being part of a team that is just humming at a really high level where there is no hierarchy, where the communication is of the highest quality. It's a really special conversation. It was really wonderful to have this opportunity to speak with her and I'll say what I said on the show to her, seeing her in the incident command center, I think gives everyone that good feeling of Vicky's here. We're going to be okay. The rest of the team is here. We're going to be okay. And that's what helps Santa Rosa Memorial hospital stay open in another disaster is what helps us hold the line. It's a great conversation. I think you're going to really enjoy it. There's a lot of meat in here and she sat down with me in the office, which is always the best kind of interview. We're face-to-face having this discussion. Before we get to the interview, I just want to remind everyone, please do take a look at the website for Explore the Space, www.explorethespaceshow.com. You can find the whole archive of the show there. You can subscribe to Explore the Space on wherever you like to download your podcast. We're on all of the major podcast platforms. Please do subscribe. We've got lots of great content coming. Definitely go back to the archive and take a look around. There's 
excellent content around climate change. There's content around the Tubbs fire in October of 2017. If you have the opportunity to leave a rating and a review on iTunes or wherever you like to download your shows, that really helps us out as well. You can email me, mark at explorethespaceshow.com. And I'm very active on social media. You can find me on Twitter at ETS show and on Instagram at explore the space show. This was really special. We're still, it's still very raw. The Kincaid experience is still very raw for everybody. We're back in our homes. The power is on. Stepping through this experience with Vicky is valuable. It's valuable, not just for me as a physician who went through their second disaster, but I think for anybody that saw what happened to understand what it takes and what drives the people that work in a hospital that will not evacuate, that will be always open and that will hold the line. So without further ado, here's Vicki White. Vicki, thank you so much for coming on Explore the Space. It's great to be with you. My pleasure. We are recording together. This is my favorite kind of episode to record. I'm sitting in your office. We're at Santa Rosa Memorial. We're about a week away, a week out now from Kincaid. I actually saw last night that it's 100% contained. Last night was November 6th. So it's 100% contained. So here we are. Mm-hmm. We went through this again. Yes. I'll share with you a little story that on Sunday morning, after my family had evacuated this last Sunday or two Sundays ago, after we'd evacuated, got everyone settled, came back to the hospital, I had boxes of donuts because the donut store near us was open. I'm like, I'm just going to load up on these donuts. Walked in to incident command. We had a meeting scheduled and I looked around and I had two emotions. Number one, seeing you and your role as chief nursing officer and as a colleague and someone I've worked with for three years. And everyone else in the room was, we've got the right people here. The other emotion that I had was, are we really doing this again? Mm-hmm. It just, this just happened. What is, what is going on here? Yeah. Take me to that moment for you. Sunday, a week and a half ago, we're in incident command again. We have a wildfire again. We have evacuation orders all over Sonoma County again. Santa Rosa Memorial Hospital is not evacuating. What was that like for you? Well, I have to take a step back even one more step okay. to Saturday night. Yeah. My husband and I were um, in Atlanta seeing our kids and our grandkids, <laughs> and we were going the next morning to Alabama to see the other kids. And so Saturday, I started receiving texts about the, the, the fire. We knew we had the power outages, so right. there was this double kind of whammy about what was going to be going on and impact to our caregivers and our patients in the community. And so as the, the texts continued, we, um, my husband and I went to church, mm-hmm. and the texts were continuing dinging while I was in Mass, and I thought, oh my God. I had this growing feeling inside of me that I just needed to come home. Yeah. And my husband is great, and we got back to the hotel, and I said, I looked at him, and I said, I have to go back. Yeah. And he said, oh my goodness, you know, when he heard what was going on. So um, this wonderful guy from United Airlines, Delta, who, wherever they were from, said, why, Miss Vicky, uh, we will get you on the 945 flight, you know, just that easy. Packed the bag, went to the airport, got the last flight out of Atlanta to SFO. Wow. My son-in-law picked me up, and uh, I think I shared this with you, um, there was no gas. Right. In Sonoma right. or Marin County. Yeah. So in the middle of the night, he gets my car and he takes it to San Francisco and gets gas, picks me up at the airport, brings me home. No power. Right. And so pack a bag. And I thought the winds were supposed to start at three. Right. And I thought better to just come. Yeah. So I got here about a quarter to two and it was kind of an eerie feeling walking into that command center. 
But I looked so around too. So this is two. three in the morning, Sunday morning. Quarter to two. Yeah, qu- quarter, quarter to two. two. Yeah, Sunday yeah. morning. I looked around in the command center and I thought, well, all the right people are here. Yeah. There's yeah. really nothing to worry about, except no kidding. Except yeah. You know, were our people okay? Were our patients okay? Um, the first thing I thought about were our doctors okay? Yeah. Did we know we had doctors? Uh, who's coming on next to take care of our patients? Right. And um, we weren't quite seeing yet that influx of patients that started the next couple of days, which yeah. really taxed our, our folks. But it was, we knew that it was coming. It's interesting to hear you say that, that it's going to be okay. Because for me, I was more afraid, I'll just be totally transparent, with the Kincaid fire than I was with the Tubbs fire in 2017. For me, this was a much scarier thing to go through. Mm -hmm. And I think part of it may have been that Saturday night, Sunday morning, right? Everyone's awake. The Nixel pings were just nonstop. Absolutely. We're looking at each other. My wife and I like, should we go? I'm texting with my colleagues who's already gone. I know where people live. I can see where the evacuation zones are. It was really alarming. We're thinking about the Paradise Fire and the catastrophe that happened on the roads trying to get out. And we're... We're just reflecting on those things. And for me, it was so much scarier. I had that feeling of this is going to be okay. Almost this is normal when I got to the command center because I saw (laughs) you and Chad Krillich and Tyler Hedden and the whole rest of the team. Like, this is actually, unfortunately, and fortunately, this isn't our first rodeo. We've done this before. So true. Yeah. You know, one of the the thoughts we had over the course of of those first few days was, we actually do this well. And it's good to be able to do this well when you're, you know, the safe place for the community. I would like us to, to you know, be that top notch every day. Yeah. So, you know, out of the disaster mode. But it is good to know that you can really count on people. Yeah. I've always felt that here. Yeah. No matter what you ask people to do, you say you'd never worked in the command center. Come on in. Let yeah. us let us show you, you know, get comfortable with what we can do because yeah. that's how we learn. Yeah. And that's how we build capacity in our people to create a safe environment. You know, and that was true of just knowing that we we had a safe physical environment too that night because the smoke started to come and that really, (laughs) really impacted a lot of our caregivers. And that was one thing we worried about right away is how are our people feeling and can they be empathetic? Can they do their work even in advance of thinking I might be evacuated again? How did they feel? Uh, two years later. So you took us down two roads there, and I want to pick up on the first one. One is a word that you use, and I'll paraphrase, reliability. One of the things that I love about the hospital that you and I work at, Santa Rosa Memorial, the team that's here, this was our second wildfire. This was our second disaster that we've gone through related to climate change. Santa Rosa Memorial did not close during the Tubbs fire. It did not evacuate. We did not skip a beat. During Kincaid, it was even more so. Our census never dropped. Right. We, we kept going. When you're in that room and as the chief nursing officer and as a leader, knowing that we cannot allow the region, like we're responsible for the upper third of the state of California. We cannot close. We must hold the line. We will be always open. What is the mindset that you keep as a leader and also as someone who has been through this before and has suffered through tragedy before in the very similar circumstance? What is the mindset that you're using to say, not only do we aspire to be reliable, but we must, we can't close. We're not going to close. We're not going to evacuate. What is the mindset that you're using? So I think um, we all have to stay in our lanes. 
This is really okay. important when you're in the command center. And so uh, being healthcare professionals, we're all helpful. Can I do this for you? Can I do that for you? Yeah. We have to get almost, uh, it's like a military exercise. Mm-hmm. Not having ever been in the military, I feel like I have experienced it during disasters. But stay in your lane and then everybody becomes very synergistic mm-hmm. with what they do. And if we follow that routine, and Chad was a great incident commander because he really kept us on our toes in that regard. We follow our routine. Our communication has to be exquisite. And we have to always make sure we're enough in the details to validate and verify. Those are my two favorite words. Oh, yes, this person is handling this, whether it's staffing for critical care or whatever it is. Did you go and validate and verify to make sure that, in fact, our people will be here and our patients are safe? Trust but verify. That's right. Yeah. That's right. So those are the kinds of things that we you almost have to get in your, in your zone to yeah. be able to do that. Yeah. And the command center folks, even as we change out from day to night and the next day, very tight-knit group. Yeah. And I think that's really, really important to keep that going. And then people have to depend on us yeah. to be able to make sure somebody's got the big picture. Because at any given time, someone is anxious about something or something happens that you're not prepared for. Our two hotspots were uh, the emergency department and women's and children's. Mm-hmm. And we have a fairly small women's and children's uh, service And had we been thinking a little more ahead, we would have actually done some rapid deployment of additional labor and delivery staff Mm. um, while Kaiser and Sutter were closed because the impact that we expected was greater than ever we anticipated. And so um, just to have, you know, 16 moms and babes in the house, you know, Mm -hmm. when we generally do one third of that volume at any given time. The ED started to climb when people came back. This was the thing that was different this time. And we had to sort of be aware and flexible and and responsive to the circumstances. Last time when we had the fires, we really kind of decanted our census in the hospital and people got out of the community. Right. Yeah. So over time, actually, People the demand were for weeks. Yeah. 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 A- and the demand was less. Yeah. This time, because the power outages, right? The power came on. Yep. Even though the fire was going, people came back home where they could. That's right. Remember, we got that Nixle ping that said instructions on repopulating. Yes. Whoever dreamed you'd get a ping like that? I know. It's but that's of- exactly what happened. Seventy-two hours later, after that final wind advisory, the, everybody the, came everyone home. Everyone came home. And so what happened was Kaiser and Sutter were still not open. Right. And so the difference was our census not only didn't decrease, the ED and women's and children's increased. Yeah. And we really we really stopped the flow of transfers in from mm-hmm. Northern California, just really STEMIs, traumas. Traumas, yeah. And, and uh, babies, mm-hmm. pretty much. And uh, we still really had a, a bear of a time yeah. uh, in the ED. And we got some extra rapid deployment of staff, and that helped. But when you're seeing double the volume in the emergency department and double to triple the volume in labor and delivery, both areas, very sensitive, high risk areas. And this is thankfully without a mass casualty event. That's right. Which again, we were were prepared for, but that always taxes you to a whole other level. So then I want to pivot to the second thing that a few moments ago you brought up and that's around that. How is everybody doing? Mm -hmm. And I'll share with you very transparently that when I saw you in the command center, I was concerned for you. And the reason I was concerned for you, not because I have any doubt in your skill set or your mental toughness or your desire to want to be here to serve, you lost your house in the Tubbs mm-hmm. fire in October of 2017. On my way back, I was talking with people who had lost their homes, whose homes were rebuilt, yes. and they had to evacuate. I know. And they could see the fire not far from the home that they had just rebuilt. It's One true. of my teammates, I saw them in the parking lot. 
This person looked absolutely bereft. I said, are you okay? He said, Mark, we just got back into our house and we had to evacuate again. Yes. So that was the place that I was in seeing you. For you personally, what was, what are the levers that you pull as a human being and as a leader to say, I'm just like our institution is going to hold the line. I am too, despite this is really traumatic and I'm reliving things that were really awful and I may not even have closure over yet. And now it's happening again. Well, you know, um, I'm the kind of person who can compartmentalize things okay. like that. Okay. And so that's kind of my coping mechanism. Uh-huh. Every now and then, you know, as I got a little bit tired, that would seep in. Mm. But I have to say, I feel, okay, we are grateful, you know, that we're okay. And so we have a home. We know our home was safe. Our kids are safe. Um, I thought about all those people that are here and in the community, and they don't even know if their family's safe or if their home is safe. Um, My sister lives in Windsor, and she um, and my nephew evacuated, and the fire was very close to her home. And uh, she's a nurse, too, and mm-hmm. so she works at the vet center. Yep. So she evacuated to the vet center, and she was running the clinic over there, just like she did last time. Yeah. So I was a little worried about her, but I knew she was safe. Um, I think that um, I ran into people here at night who um, came to work every every day in 2017, yeah. and one of them in the ED. She's just a delightful nurse. And they just moved back into their newly built home. The boxes are on the floor. <laughs> And so she said, when we had to evacuate, she said, oh, well, we hadn't unpacked yet. And so, you know, she said, we went back to my sister's house, the two rooms that we lived in Uh while we were building our house and just her spirit. And I think that's the thing that when people are together, number one, there's a sense of normalcy that just comes over you when when you're at work knowing that you can do something. And number two, you're with people who totally understand you and you understand them. That's an interesting point that there is that sort of common language or like, Mm -hmm. I get you. I'm here for you. One of the places that was a struggle, I'm sure, for your team on the the nursing side, and I think every service line, and certainly as a physician, was being back to work in those days when we were revving at a really high level, not just after tubs, but after this one as well, seeing patients, um, we didn't stop delivering high-quality health care. That's right. And there's good things that come when you're doing that, and there's really difficult things that come when you're doing that. And speaking with patients and their families and delivering bad news and having difficult conversations in the backdrop of, I also understand that you can't go home and you don't have power and your wife is displaced and she can't get to the hospital and your family doesn't know where you are and your son who you live with you think is in San Francisco. And at the same time, I need to have a conversation with you about what your biopsy two days ago showed. Yes. is where it's hard for me. Um, That's really difficult. But we don't quit. And I never got a sense from anybody that they wanted us to. No. That it was, do your work, stay professional and tell me and guide me and let's do what we're here to do. You know, it's it's interesting and, and funny in a way to this concept of always open. Yeah. It came from the cath lab. And so they were rolling along with the cases that they needed to do and they were trying to triage if we don't take that patient who needs a dialysis catheter, what will happen? Yeah. They will come into the hospital and they will be sick. So we're okay. Our team's okay. We can. We know we have a team to do it. So let's take them. Mm-hmm. And so we're always open. And so you know, there the amount of humor and camaraderie mm-hmm. that you remember and that you want to keep every day just comes back up to the surface. So we can do this, and that that is the spirit right there. And I think people take care of each other a little bit better. Mm-hmm. And it gives, it gives, it adds a little spirit of, I know I'm here for a reason 
that really, I think, is the antidote to stress and really the resilience builder from my perspective. Hearing you say that, is this something that after, and I haven't asked you this before, that after the Tubbs fire in 2017, did you try to reinforce that as you were hiring, as you were coaching leaders, as you were working with all of the teams that you're a part of as the CNO and as a very, Mm -hmm. very visible leader? And is it something that you'll continue to build on or add into sort of the overall curriculum? Because whether we like it or not, it's part of our culture now. Yep. I think so. We use these learnings and these lessons about each other all the time. Mm -hmm. You know, there's always something that comes up. Well, remember what we did. Mm, We can do it. So, so when you, when you can see it and, and feel it and experience it, then you know, you can do it again. Yeah. And so you never know what you're going to be asked to do. And I think feeling like we can say yes. And figure it out because we're surrounded by these mm-hmm. smart people who care is just such a wonderful feeling. Uh, I did nursing orientation yesterday and we talked a little bit about our experience this past week. And some people are just coming into the community mm-hmm. said, you know, you're coming into a wonderful work family. This is who we are. Yeah. And so you have your home family, you have your work family, and both are equally important. And yeah. this is how we take care of each other. It's funny to hear you say that because when I have had the opportunity to speak about disaster management for hospitalists and within hospitals based on the Tubbs fire experience, one of the things that I share and I know resonates because people come and tell me after that it does is the importance of in this work, connecting with your family, hopefully before a disaster, say, I I need you to understand this is what I perceive my role to be as a physician, as a nurse, as a leader, and also, as you see at the hospital, as someone who is part of the memori- the Center's Memorial Community in nutrition services or environmental services or lab, I, I, I'm going to have to go to work in a disaster. And making sure that your family understands what that like, hearing what their side of it is, making sure that there's shared understanding about when something happens, here's how we're going to handle it so that I can go to work and know that you're okay. It's a skill set, and it's something that you have to be very deliberate about. And when you do it, and then you can say to your family, we're evacuated, you guys are okay, We've talked about this. I'm going to go to work. It allows you to perform at a much higher level. Well, you know, that's the thing, too. I think people who are family members of healthcare providers kind of have to be okay with our life. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And sometimes, you know, it's a little imbalanced, and we have to work on that. Yeah. But during these situations, the imbalance is something we have to work with. Mm -hmm. So I told you I left my husband back in Alabama seeing the kids. So when I came home, I didn't have any power. And my children uh, close to where I live, they said, well, we want you to come and sleep here at night when you come home. And so my seven-year-old grandson, Jake, said, Mimi, I want you to sleep in my bed. So it's a little boy bed, but... I'm short. So um, they left, you know, I'd come home in the dark and I'd leave in the dark and they'd leave me all my little toiletries and my toothpaste and everything. And it was so sweet. And I could have gone to my house in the dark and slept, but they felt better if I came home and slept in their house. I drove to Concord every night to go back and, you know, round it all day, checked in with everyone, got in the car and drove to where my family was in Concord. It's that same, it's that same math. But I think that it's also when we're thinking about this idea of a family and a community to drive a high level of performance, mm-hmm. which is required when you're the only facility open right. and doing all the things that we do. We talk a lot in auditoriums and in the world of healthcare about needing to break down silos. And I mm-hmm. will submit that the best way to break down a silo is to quote unquote, burn it down. Yep. When you're in a disaster setting, you're looking at everybody when you're an incident command, Everyone is there. Everyone is represented. If one of those cogs is not available, 
the engine will freeze. We can't function. If we don't have nutrition service, if we don't have labor pool, if we don't have finance, if we don't have nursing, if we don't have physicians, mm -hmm. and you realize very clearly there is no hierarchy. There are exactly. all these components. Mm -hmm. If they are not firing in sync and communicating properly and minimizing friction, you're going to freeze your engine up. For you being, A, one of those cogs, but also one of the people with a strategic view, what are the barriers and what are kind of talking about you know, reducing friction? What are the lubricants? What are the things that keep it moving forward? And what are the things that you pay attention to to be sure to mitigate early? I think one of the things that's really important is to be sure that we are communicating at every opportunity, mm -hmm. formally and informally. Okay. So one of the things we do when we have these kinds of situations here is we have, we call them hospitality rounds, but people get out of the command center during yeah. the day and at night yeah. and go around to every unit and see people and bring treats. Yeah. They're just little things. Maybe it's a... Um, Nutter butter favorite for everybody. <laughs> the amount of, of, of premium junk food that I was know, in the hospital was just fantastic. I know. We did have the taco truck outside. There was a little <laughs> bit of, of, of nutrition there. Right, right. But just touching base with people yeah, and yeah. are you guys, how are you doing? Yep. Do, are you home? Do you have power? Having that personal connection with people and then having people say back, thank you for taking care of us. Yeah. Because if we do... And it's the personal touch, even if it's just for a little bit every day. They can be free to uh, reduce their own stress level and focus on the patients. Yeah. So that's really, that is the best form of communication. We can send out information, but the exchange between people is so much more uh, impactful. Yeah. What are the things that for you now, I don't want to say it's that we're back to normal because we never weren't. Aside from, right, we, we yeah. didn't, nothing really changed. We were rounding, we were admitting, yep. we were providing high quality nursing care, we were turning over rooms, we were, nothing really stopped. Is anything different? I always think the recovery period, whatever you want to call it, demobilization recovery, is harder than getting into it yeah. because um, you're able to focus so much on the things that are most important when you have a disaster. Mm -hmm. You're focusing on the people, the patients, how things are moving. Yeah. And it's kind of like, you know, for me, I've been a nurse for 42 years the old way, uh, where we spent most of our time instead of in meetings and yeah. doing, doing stuff yeah. that at the end of the day you realize is exactly what you shove aside. And if you focus on the important basic stuff, you're probably getting more done on any given day. So I want to stay there sometimes and just be a little closer to what's going on. And so... And I think that's true for everybody because yeah. you'll see people going, do we have to have that meeting? That's right. No. So this week, we're not doing anything more that is not necessary than people trying to get back to whatever their new normal is going to look yeah. like. Not everybody's home. Not everybody's settled. Some people have to clean out smoke damage uh, depending on where they're from. We had one caregiver and one physician who lost their homes. And so thank God that, w that there, there weren't more, but that's tragic right yeah. there. Yeah. And uh, this physician is new to our community and it's just, it's a sadness, you know, that, that again, it stays with us. Like, how can we help each other? Yeah. Uh, we have, we have temporary housing again to offer people. It's right. like, you know, right down the street overnight, yeah. you have, a, you have an apartment for someone. So, but it's not the same as yeah. somebody be, being able to just go home. One of the things that is a little bit daunting is to know that we very well may be in the same place again in 11 months. I know. And in 22 months and whenever, but I am heartened to know that we not not only can do it, but will and want to do it. Yes, very true. And 
that's one of the things about Santa Rosa Memorial and this organization that I think sets us apart. And I have no problem saying that. I agree. That it, it, you have to be called to want to come here. You have to yes. know that I'm putting my feet down and we're going to just, we're going to hold the line and it's going to be really hard. I'm not leaving. You're not leaving. And we'll ride the roller coaster together. We will. It uh, It is a little bit daunting, and people recognize this now, yeah. that this is a phenomenon that's likely to continue. No mm-hmm. matter how many power outages we have or preparation right. and planning, we don't have any rain. And so all that worry comes back to people at a time when the holidays are coming close. Yeah. So there's a little bit of bittersweet there from the memories, from the it happened again, and now it's Thanksgiving. So what I like to focus on, and I have talked a lot to my team and the people who are taking care of patients, is let's move forward. Like we're, we're not going to do anything. So about that's your message them. now. Let's move forward. Okay. We've learned a lot. We're learning every day. We're here. Yeah. We're okay. We did a great job. Yeah. And we're going to move forward with that spirit. We can do it. How is that received? Good. Yeah. You know, there, there's always some people who um, are Are not people always... ready to hear that? Are they ready to hear we're moving forward? What? Yes. Uh-huh. The, the, I'll tell you what. The always open... Is yeah. like when you when you say that people are going yes 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 that's us now totally. do they want to go back and relive the last eleven or twelve days no, no. <laughs> but they got through yeah and I think yeah. there's something to be said for how that strengthens our spirit yep and you know and how it's just like the nutter butters you know when someone says thank you for that it's like we're here to feed you know the spirit yeah in each other as well as the body so what does moving forward now look like as we move into Whatever's coming for you personally and for you as a key piece of all of the work that we do here. We have not finished all of our debriefing. We're starting to collect all those lessons learned because there's a million of them every time. And so we're saying to people, oh, that's a great idea. Now, next time, this is how we talk. Now, next time, we'll do this day one. Um, We won't forget and we'll have all of our resources. And we, we took a lot of time documenting and keeping all of that together. We'll debrief next week with all of our, we'll try to get all of the feedback we possibly can. And that's really gonna help us reduce our anxiety about if we did this earlier, we would reduce the impact on everybody. So I think feeling more confident and competent Mm -hmm. in being able to address another emergency, no matter what it was, we got it. And, um, and of course we want the t-shirts. So that will be, that's going to be another thing I, I told Tyler. I'm going to get our, our shared governance councils to design the t-shirt. Everybody is getting a t-shirt for Hanukkah. Everybody's getting a t-shirt for Christmas. <laughs> there you go. In. They're going to, I want it. Abs. I cannot wait for the t-shirt hashtag always open. You've been incredibly generous to share time with me in my the pleasure. middle of a busy work day. As someone who grew up in Santa Rosa, this is my hometown. As you know, you and I both came to town right around mm-hmm. the same time. We did. I'm really glad that you're here. You're part of this team. You're guiding our huge cohort of nurses and all of the other health club professionals that help us do the work that we're supposed to do. I'm glad that you're a part of it, and I really appreciate you spending some time talking about this with me. Likewise, it's my pleasure, Mark. Thank you for listening to Explore the Space. Visit us on our website, explorethespaceshow.com. And please subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter at ETS Show. And you can email Dr. Shapiro by writing to mark at explorethespaceshow.com.